This is The Guardian. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The world has been watching the horrific conflict in Israel and Palestine, and celebrities have been coming out to show their support. All of us are suffering, watching what's happening in Israel and Palestine. But at times, some of the support has received backlash or has been accused of spreading misinformation. So do we want celebrities to get involved in politics when the stakes are so high? You're listening to Pop Culture with me, Shantae Joseph, for The Guardian. We've all seen the news. It has been a very heavy couple of weeks with the escalating conflict in Gaza. By the time this episode comes out, the situation could look completely different. In today's episode, I don't want to get into the politics of the conflict. For that analysis, there's great coverage on Politics Weekly or Today in Focus. Over here, we do pop culture. And so I want to get into what happens when politics and celebrity collide in moments like this. Why do stars feel the need to speak out on complex political issues? And what happens when they do? Moya Lothian-McLean is a writer and contributing editor at Novara Media. She's been reporting on the conflict in Israel and Palestine and is a friend of the podcast. This conflict between Israel and Palestine has been going on for decades, but it feels like we're at a different point now. And I've never seen so many celebrities speak out on it. You've got Sierra, Justin Bieber, Victoria Beckham, all people who I do not need to hear a single political opinion from, but they're choosing to speak up. So what is it about now? Why are they choosing to start talking about this issue? Well, I think we have to remember several different factors that are involved in the latest escalation of violence in what is being termed the Israel-Hamas war now. The attack that happened that was carried out by Hamas on the 7th of October is being described as Israel's 9-11. I think that is an extremely mm-hmm. important context to bring in because those words alone, you know, language really matters in the way we talk about things. And I think it is fair to describe the attack that killed, I think, about 1,200 
people as Israel's 9-11. Israel is a small country. It's only got 9 million people in it. 9-11 changed the course of history because America made it change the course of history, right? And if you attach 9-11 to an attack, to you know, an atrocity that happens, the celebrity is automatically going to be like, okay, it's 9-11 times two, right? We need to react to this. So that they feel they have to speak out on something. And the way they're speaking out is, who did this happen to? It happened to Israeli citizens. It's there in 9-11. What are we going to do? We're going to stand with Israel. 9-11 and pop culture, they're like two things that I don't think you can separate from each other. It was interesting to see the way that maybe celebrities who wouldn't otherwise have such strong, I guess, feelings or a, a strong desire to be visibly seen to love their country suddenly jumped on the bandwagon. You had celebrities going to perform for the army at their base camps. You had, you know, huge concerts being put on. Amen. So it was a huge moment in pop culture. And because people are comparing it to the 9-11 attacks, people are now reacting in that same way. In the wake of 9-11, it was either you were fully with us, you were fully supporting the victims of 9-11, and you can only do that by sanctioning wholly however America chooses to respond, whether that is with military intervention or not. And it was with military intervention. That's what led to the Iraq war. Mm -hmm. 9-11 directly led to the Iraq war. And I think the parallels here are very, very clear. But the one difference was in 2001, celebrity culture and celebrity responses, we didn't have social media. We didn't have that instant reactiveness in the same way. We could hear all these quotes from celebrities. We could They could be asked about in interviews, but they didn't have this direct platform via social media where they could have this knee-jerk reaction as soon as this thing happened. In real time, we could see see the sort of, I guess, their own processing, the way we would see any other of our peers, but they're not our peers. They are people with millions and millions of followers who tend not mm -hmm. to be very versed in this. Yeah, it does feel like celebrities are rushing to post about this. Like there's a want for them to have something to say. People need to hear what their opinions are. And then when they do this, they end up spreading a lot of kind of incorrect or misleading information. I feel like that is a, a consequence of wanting celebrities to demand in to respond in real time to issues that they don't know a lot about because social media wants that from them if you look into if you look at history you have celebrities who have always sort of crossed into politics who have crossed into other spaces whether that's someone like harry belafonte or nina simone i think what you're trying to ask is uh why am i so insistent upon giving out to them that black miss that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. There has been this intersection between politics and pop culture. That's why this podcast is so interesting and successful. I think when you get to that stage of fame as well, you are both expected to have an opinion on everything and you're, ex you're expected to have a correct opinion. For celebrities who are looking at this and have heard so much about, you know, anti-racism, we need to stand with marginalized communities. Some of them also themselves will have personal links because, you know, if you're a Jewish celebrity and you're seeing Israel under attack and you feel quite connected to Israel because of either direct familial links, you're going to stand automatically with them. I think we need to have empathy and understanding for why they're doing that. The problem is because mm. there's such a large platform that these people have, it carries 10 times more weight. Yes. And I remember the last time I felt like I saw a huge outpouring for a 
political, social cause in this way. It was definitely during the pandemic with Black Lives Matter. Now we're watching hundreds of thousands of people gather on the streets to protest police brutality and racial injustice. We were all stuck at home. It was locked down. The world was in a bit of a scary place. And then all of a sudden, the issues that were troubling us when life was normal, we're still finding their way into our lives during this pandemic with obviously all of the racism that happened. And then now you had so many people talking about this, particularly celebrities, whether it's posting black squares, whether it's brands posting weird um, gifts and memes and images to kind of show their support for Black Lives Matter. It just became this huge moment in pop culture with celebrities making kind of political statements. But I guess since then, not much has really happened. All these promises were made, things have already materialized. How much of what we're seeing now feels like a continuation from the activism that was demanded from celebrities online during the Black Lives Matter period? I don't even know if it was Black Lives Matter itself as the first thing. I think Black Lives Matter was a culmination of this impulse, of this expectation. But if you look at Me Too in 2017, Mm -hmm. that also was a specific thing that really impacted the entertainment industry, I would say Black Lives Matter really impacts the entertainment industry because there are a lot of black individuals in the entertainment industry. Since the rise of social media, since I would say the rise of the infographic activism, there has been a slow and steady precedent set among celebrities to behave like political influencers at times of great political discourse and discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think Black Lives Matter, you know, it was this, it was this apex before now, it was this apex of you need to make a statement, you need to show you stand with this cause. Do you really understand it? Do you really believe in it? I think one of the things we forget is that, yes, there's going to be this aspect of what we call virtue signaling, a term I kind of hate. But there's also this aspect of people post because they they feel helpless and they don't really know what they're doing. And celebrities are no different to that. They post because they want to show, you know, I don't know, compassion, empathy. They want a reaction. And then when they post, they feel satiated. The thing that has interested me is the moment where BLM exploded into something that became more than just the Black Lives Matter movement that was a registered organization and became a term for sort of Black-led liberation movements all over. What happened after that was which celebrities have stayed doing any work within that? And the likelihood is the ones that are still donating, that are still trying to uphold the messages that they shared during this period, you won't see much of it because Celebrity mm. activism or celebrity philanthropy, the most effective is the ones that go is the ones that goes on behind the scenes. It's like when you found out that Jay-Z and Beyonce donated, you know, to bail funds in 2015 after the rest made in Ferguson. Protesters and the couple wired tens of thousand dollars within minutes. Neither Jay-Z nor Beyonce have commented on this story. You didn't we didn't know about that till years afterwards. So you won't mm. see them grandstanding about it in a way that you might see like a message or an infographic. So it's really hard to actually track who is doing what and who is still putting their money, their influence where their mouth is. The real work is done behind the scenes. Yeah. And I guess it's interesting because you want people want to know what you're doing. People want to know how you're contributing to these causes. And if you can't make a post about it or you can't make it a visual asset to share with people, then you're kind of dedication to the cause is thrown into doubt and I think that's the thing with a lot of celebrities like you have to be seen constantly to be doing something it has to be on your feed has to be pinned to your profile has to be something that 
people can tangibly engage with. Otherwise, it's very difficult for people to know and then they kind of accuse you. But I guess that does go back to this whole idea of like needing, people needing to feel like this person is on their side. One thing that we've seen a lot online, particularly during this moment, is a lot of people really needing to have this conflict explained to them like they're five or like a girl or in five minutes. Buckle up, girly pops. We're talking about Israel and Palestine. Let's start from the beginning. Let's say you have a girl named Patty. It's her birthday party and it's lit. Before we even get to the way celebrities engage on social media with political issues, it's just the culture online anyway, to be short and snappy, easily understood. My mom used to own this club. Izzy's like, no, actually my family used to own this club and my mom was born here. I critique celebrities for doing this, but online influencers and educators are kind of guilty of it too. There's a girl on TikTok and Instagram, she does smarter in 60 seconds and she tries to explain these big concepts, these big political ideas in 60 seconds. And sometimes it's like, oh, this is really interesting or a great introduction. And other times it feels like a huge sim- oversimplification of a topic that is otherwise very, very, very complex. Smarter in seconds misinformation and disinformation someone may create by simplifying these huge political moments and issues you kind of don't really understand how impactful how important or how detrimental they are if i try and use biggie smalls and tupac to illustrate palestine and israel you know this is the sort of stuff that we're seeing where is this fear in understanding complex topics. I do know what I think it's difficult because on the one hand, we're always looking at ways to make education more accessible, right? We're always talking about this needs to be accessible. This needs to be a way someone can actually watch it. This needs to be, as you put it, an introduction. And I think the problem is some of these creators intend it to be an introduction, but people are not going to actually go away and do the extra reading that they might say at the end. Actually, if you want to know about this in depth, read this, read this, read this. And Mm. often the creators themselves, I'll just say it right here, some of them didn't know about it before they started making that video. (laughs) Academics or, you know, public intellectuals, whatever, they do not know about every single topic in the world. And creators on places like TikTok, etc., Reels, they also do not know about every topic in the world. So it stands to reason a lot of the time, because there's such a broad base they're covering, they are also having to go on Wikipedia and do a quick summary. So they themselves do not possess the adequate knowledge to really be explaining this topic in depth. But the problem is they're trapped in a creator system that demands it of them. If they have established themselves as a voice that can boil down any topic in 60 seconds or, you know, explain things like a girl, a framing I really, 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 really hate. If they've, <laughs> if they've positioned themselves as that person and then it comes to something like Israel-Palestine, one of the most complex issues where even if you are on the same side politically, you are still riven with conflict about the exact sort of solution, the political aspects of this, the different you know things at play then they have to actually they have to deliver for their audience they have because that's where they're getting paid that's what you know that's the that's the industry they've set them up themselves that's the position they've set themselves in they can't say actually do you know what i don't know because that undermines completely the way that they have established themselves now everything has to be done super fast because we think we don't have any time because the news cycle moves so fast until you mentally remove that pressure from yourself and say actually do you know what i don't need to react to this that is very difficult to do to yourself and deprogram yourself from. So you're instead going to sit down and watch a TikTok for that 60 seconds says, OK, now you understand everything about Hamas. Moya made a really interesting point. 
Many of us look to our favorite celebrities to either validate or inform our political beliefs, even though these people are absolutely not experts. And this is because we feel like we have a relationship with them, like they owe us something. In a minute, we'll be looking into this more. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back, friends. I am chronically online. I am always posting. It could be politics or fashion or pop culture or food. And I think what this means is that people often message and engage with me as if, you know, they know me because they receive so much about me on their social media feeds. And sometimes the relationship can be positive. People can have great suggestions for me. And other times people can feel disappointed by something I've done. They feel personally attacked by it. But I don't actually know them and they don't actually know me. So this feeling of ownership has a name and it's called parasocial relationships. And so I want to understand a bit more about this in terms of our relationship with celebrities, especially when it comes to politics. Uh, I'm here in New York City. Give, it's giving New York. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Samantha Magic is a professor of political science at John Jay College at the City University of New York. I started off by asking her how she defines parasocial relationships. The term parasocial relationship re- refers to the ways in which fans of celebrities believe and feel they know a lot about the celebrity that they are intimately acquainted to some extent with their lives. So it's kind of, I think the way to think about it is a one-way relationship. We think we know them more because we're seeing not only what they're doing in the movies, for example, but what they're eating, how they're exercising, what kind of bags they buy. And do you think that we're getting to a point of like peak parasocial relationship? Is this the kind of worst or the best it gets in terms of how how celebrities and fans relate to each other? I mean, it's hard to predict the future. A key definition of celebrity is that they are mediatized, right? And so, you know, in order to stay relevant and connected with their fans, they need to be in the media. So I think the extent to which these parasocial relationships will continue to de- evolve and develop will also depend more on you know, how people continue to use social media. It's very difficult to call out and and hold celebrities accountable. Um, So, you know, while there can be a backlash on social media for something a celebrity says, maybe the celebrity is temporarily canceled in some way, but they're under no obligation to respond to that. One thing I've noticed is that celebrities can't really be silenced in the sense that they weren't 
elected into their positions. They were followed because they are, like you said, really good at producing something, delivering a product to us that we love, whether it's films, whether it's music. And so I don't feel like you can properly hold them accountable in the same way you could someone that was a democratically elected official. And so it becomes very complicated or complex when they say the wrong thing, because Mm. like, what can you do? Unless, you know, you're in jail or you die, you can continue to have a voice as a celebrity because you have this huge following of people who are interested in you. And so they they are quite unstoppable. So what what do you do when they're, Mm -hmm. when they're saying things that are crazy? (laughs) Celebrities' engagement in politics raises big issues of democratic accountability, right? So these are people who often take on an issue. They come in and they claim to speak for a community, right? So in many ways, they're in, they're engaging in a representative function. But exactly as you said, they aren't elected, right? And they also often are not issue experts on the issues that mm. they speak out against. This question of accountability is a big one. Um, We can't vote them out of office. You can't hold them accountable in the same ways you do elected officials. You know, what celebrities in politics point to is the dominance of elites in politics, right? So we have a lot of unelected elites, not just celebrities, but finance titans and people in business, right? Lobbyists who all have this kind of influence, but can't be held accountable in the same way that other elected mm. leaders can. Accountability is going to require equality in politics, right? And more equal participation. And that takes hard work. And that's really, I think, the hard question. That's where the real work comes in is addressing political inequality more broadly. What is the role in of celebrity when it comes to politics? And mm. more than just kind of opinions, but political processes, like I, mm. I think of, you know, encouraging people to vote or even endorsing certain candidates like what mm-hmm. what what role does a celebrity have in in that process since the decline of the hollywood studio system right through the 1950s when celebrities became free agents effectively especially in the entertainment sphere um, they began to speak more openly um, about politics right and different issues so you know you had jane fonda for example going to vietnam I'm very happy to have the opportunity to to come and speak here at a time when there are 400,000 people in prison in South Vietnam. We've seen their role in politics be highly varied. Um, we do have celebrities running for office. I mean, everyone was aware of what happened in 2016 in the United States when we elected a reality television celebrity, right, to president. Mm-hmm. To president. But also, um, I think where we see more celebrities is in advocacy roles. So they're taking on issues specifically. So whether it is reproductive rights, Me Too, environmentalism, um, this is more where we see celebrities uh, being active in politics. And they actually are holding very high profile roles. We see them um, testifying in front of Congress. Uh, they're UN spokespeople. Um, they're in very high-profile public awareness campaigns about issues. I um, mean, it's really, I think, in this advocacy space that we see them more prominently. Yeah, it's mainly in kind of campaign. And I was thinking about like Meghan Markle and the mm-hmm. role that she has in like the UN. Equality means that President Paul Kagame of Rwanda, whose country I recently visited as part of my learning mission with UN Women. You know, it's not a role that she was necessarily elected for, but because of her personality and because of her interests, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, you're going to be this ambassador for us. And so this is a way for you to use your celebrity in the world of like 
politics, but also just like, yeah, like charity and advocacy. These are, I guess, they tend to be the more positive examples. But when you follow someone and you're invested in their art and then they come out and say something that is not necessarily um, aligning with your your politics, Mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder if that says more about us as like the audience of these people or if we are led to believe someone would have a certain politics because of the art that they produce so i think i think you know part of this parasocial relationship is we forget that celebrities whether it's in sports or entertainment or what have you they're engaging in a performance when we love these performances we forget that these are actual people with diverse views and diverse views that we may not like. This disconnect can be kind of jarring, but also, you know, I think it speaks to the one-way nature of this relationship that we don't actually know these people. So just because someone plays a hero on television doesn't mean that they are necessarily heroic in real life, right? Um, I think right. one of one of the interesting examples is the actor Elizabeth Moss, right? So she, you know, recently has played this kind of feminist crusader in the in the story The Handmaid's Tale. In her own real life, she's a practicing Scientologist, and many people have mixed and conflicted feelings about uh, the Church of Scientology. It's hard sometimes for us to square these relationships away. But Mm. at the same time, um, Elizabeth Moss, to name just one example, her job is to perform, right? And she performs a character, but she is not the character herself. The relationship between politics and pop culture can be a really murky one. In a weird way, we actually can't separate the two because ultimately, celebrities are people with their own personal politics and sometimes they don't have the choice to opt out of national and international political discourse. What's even more worrying is that the world of politics is co-signing the influence of celebrity. Because when you have the official account of the Israeli government choosing to pick a fight with celebrity model Gigi Hadid, Maybe we have to just accept that celebrity plays a bigger role in politics than it did before. Thank you for listening. Now, some of you may have missed that I, Shante Joseph, won the Rising Star Award at the British Podcast Awards a couple of weeks ago. But we couldn't do what we do on this podcast without you supporting The Guardian so that the paper can do its work. The Guardian is open to anyone who wants to read it, but closed to billionaires telling us what to do. Some fear us, others defend us. We've been ranted at, raved about, but thanks to our readers, we have never been and will not be controlled, period. So if you can, join the millions of others around the world who are keeping it that way. Just visit support.theguardian.com. This week's episode was produced by Hattie Moya, sound design by Malaseto, original music by Axel Kakutier. The executive producer is Maz Ebtahaj. See you next Thursday. This is The Guardian. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.